Welcome, Welcome to, to Hearts, Hearts and Other Sex Parts, a podcast about redefining yourself and your relationships. This is a safer space for the LGBTQ community, people of color, all genders, and gender non-conforming individuals, and all relationship types. These discussions will be strictly body and sex positive. We're queer hosts. I'm Keely C. Helmick, licensed professional counselor. I'm Jay, resident queer mo and sex ambassador. We'd like to state that our pronouns are she, her. For every guest we have on the show, we will introduce their pronouns as well. And at the end of every podcast, we will close with a poem that goes with the theme of the show. To aid in our discussion topic today, we are down in Eugene, Oregon to interview Kim Marks. Kim is the founding owner of As You Like It, The Pleasure Shop, which is where we are recording today, an As You Like It body product line. Kim, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So the green movement is taking over the nation. We now try to read ingredient labels and look for organic logos on our food products, but are we doing the same when we shop for sex products? So we're going to use this segment today to learn more about how underregulated sex and body products are, uh, the health benefits of going green in your sex life, and how we as consumers can avoid being greenwashed and help the eco-sexual movement when purchasing our sex products. Um, Kim. Yeah, can you give us an introduction about yourself in the background? Sure. I go by she and her. I have been an environmental activist in the Pacific Northwest since 1994 when I moved out here. I spent most of that time doing forest defense, climate justice, organizing. Uh, first moved wow. to Eugene, did my first drive out from Eugene, Oregon to the Oregon coast, and mm-hmm. just drove through miles and miles and miles of nothing but clear cuts. Wow. I was 18 years old, and I was like, wow, that green part on the map is not actually forest. Mm. And that was a big wake-up moment for me when I realized how deceived we were um, and how much of a spotlight needed to be shined about what was actually happening to our forested ecosystems in the Northwest. And that's my first spark into environmental activism. And over the last 24 years, that has uh, grown into climate justice organizing and building coalitions and working with many, many different types of groups of people. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, what led to your passion for environment and climate justice after, after you got here? How did that lead into your current work in organic body and sex products? There are so many things in this society where I feel like we're hoodwinked on, like what I was saying with looking at a general map of the United States and seeing all those green things that represent our national forest lands. And in fact, we have less than 4% of our forested ecosystems left. Same is true with a lot of our body-safe products and green products out there. A lot of uh, companies are, for whatever reason, um, very comfortable with what I would call consumer fraud. They put a green leaf on the product, they use the word natural, they use the word organics to get away from actually having a certified organic product, from offering body care products to the people with the best ingredients out there. I, you know, it's something that uh, is even deeper. I mean, it's true for all skincare product companies do that. And you'll see with all industries, like you'll see the science for natural beef. And it's like, of course, it's natural unless they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. genetic engineering of cows in a lab somewhere. It's impossible for a cow not to be natural. <laughs> you know, it's it's a catch-all for it doesn't mean anything. Cyanide's yeah. natural. It doesn't mean you want to ingest it. Mm. Right? And mm-hmm. so um, we make these, you know, Advertisers make these gross claims that make people feel more comfortable and better about what they're putting in their bodies. But in fact, they're chock full of hormones or carcinogens or 
known endocrine disruptors and things that we actually don't need in our bodies. Not to mention who knows where they came from or how they were sourced. Um, So why is the sex product industry so underregulated? I think there's a number of reasons for it. Some of it is, is as unregulated as the general skincare industry. Some of it is because people are so uncomfortable talking about sex. We are in such a, uh, uh, we did not grow up in a culture where it's safe to talk about sex, sexuality, what's going on for us, what's going on with our bodies. It's rare where people get around and talk with their friends about sharing which sex positions hurt or helped in problem solving each other's own sexual problems, even with our closest friends. Mm-hmm. There is, um, there is a massive uh, taboo about talking about sex. And so a lot of the regulators who are out there fighting hard for uh, what's in your shampoo might not have the same comfortable lobbying in D.C. about talking about sexual lubricants. Right. Um, so there's that. And then the other part is is there's a lot of um, – there's also a general judgment about what a sex toy store is. They think of them as dark and scuzzy. They think of them as a place where they're going to get hit on or mm-hmm. – there's just all this fear, like, you know, interviewing random people on the street and asking them, you know, what do you think of – when you think of a sex toy store? And there are quite a number of stores out there that are well-lit and educational-based like we are, but I think that we make up the minority – of them. And so what happens is people run in and out of sex toy stores. They have a lot of shame that they're dealing with. And so they see a green leaf on the bottle and they just assume like the green leaf on their shampoo that has this USDA label on it, that it must be organic. They just want to get in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't take the time. I mean, you don't want to click it on your, click on a website on your computer that might pop up sex. And so you're not going to do consumer research as you would on other things. Yeah, exactly. So what efforts are being made currently to push for tighter regulations? So hmm, it's complicated right now, right, with the Trump administration in office. uh, Anything that was on track um, that was, you know, that would help the environment or help with getting toxicities out of our products is most likely on hold or getting all of its funding taken away. But before that, the FDA was starting to regulate condoms and lubes. And there is, for better and for worse, mostly the FDA was stepping in and crushing small companies, forcing them to test on animals. Oh, wow. Was there not that they were, they were not cleaning up ingredients? Mm-hmm. They were not looking at the impact of the lube on the vaginal cell walls. They being the FDA. The FDA. Mm-hmm. So th- that level of certification started to happen. And some companies have been in multi-year battles with them because they have ethics. They don't believe in testing on animals. Right. Um, So I would argue that there's still not a lot out there. The average person believes that when they... The, an organic apple in a grocery store holds the same level of certification as our organic shampoo or personal lubricant, and it's just not true. It's a step down because the USDA doesn't have the time or the funding to oversee all of that. So we're putting these products into our orifices, and we have no idea actually how regulated it is or if what we're buying that says organic is to the quality of what we're consuming through our mouths. Yeah. I mean, unless there is the USDA logo on the front and a certified buy on the back, it's not a truly organic product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the certified buy is most important because the USDA does not certify. They're the governing agency, right? So you want to look at who certified this product. 
Also, I mean, there are amazing websites out there like Skin Deep, where you can literally type in the ingredient that you don't know and put it in there. And on a scale from one to seven, I believe it is, you can see how much of an irritant or a toxin it is for your body. So why are why is changing the market around sex and body products a difficult process? I mean, you have your own product line. What are some struggles that you've had in attempting to bring organics to the sex industry? Some some stores feel like they already carry organic products. They don't know the difference between a certified organic product and a company that has the word organics in its label. So that's a little bit of a challenge. Um, a lot of stores are really excited to see a organic product and want to bring it in too at the same time. But there is a level of education that needs to go with it. There's a part of me that keeps thinking that like the sex industry is kind of behind by 10 years on where the body care industry is. Interesting. Yeah, so do these products that you're talking about, people getting excited about having stores, do they come with any kind of instructions or talk about what's, like, help educate? Or is it literally like people buy a product because they heard about it from something and then just leave it to hopefully <laughs> oh, a lot of people rely on the people in the stores to help guide them which is around the shaming things so if you're rushing in and out of a store you're not going to get the help whereas it feels comfortable and you can connect with somebody who's more educated well half the time i feel like when i've asked questions about some of the products the people selling it are just they don't know <laughs> where it came from or yeah i mean sex toy stores like a lot of other businesses are just selling products and they might not have the same values around sourcing locally or bringing in organic products, or they weren't trained on it by their owners or managers on the actual products. why the products are there, just how to sell them. Well, Kim, isn't that, I mean, when I came to the store for the first time a couple months ago, I was so happy about the person that um, introduced me and they were so helpful and so warm Gina. and, you know, they were able to tell me about the products and talk to me. So I think that that's one of the big things, among other things, that makes you different than the average sex shop. How would you, you agree? Like, what, what do you think is different? Tell our listeners about what's different about this shop. I really try to hire sex educators, and then we learn together on how to be good sales folks. So I don't come out of sales. I come out of 20-some-odd years working in the environmental nonprofit uh, mm -hmm. sector, which means all we have is our credibility we don't, you know, we are underfunded. We don't have money to throw at things, which is not that different than my store. Um, so our credibility and being honest and giving real information, staying away from hyperboles is crucial to who I am as a person. And everyone that we hire, we spend days, not hours, days, multiple days training them, not just about sexual health issues like vaginal pain, postmenopausal issues, erectile dysfunction, never having orgasm, et cetera, but also where our products come from, how are they made, where they're sourced from, why some ingredients are better than others. So speaking of ingredients, uh, we what are some of the highest risk materials? If someone doesn't come down to Eugene to be able to come into your, into your shop, what are some of the highest risk materials or chemicals in the sex products that to avoid? There are so many out there. Um, but a lot of lubes. There's actually a good um, bunch of good studies out there about the osmotality level of different lubes. Some lubes literally will blow up your mucosal membranes. They push fluids in, which is not good, and others um, dry them out and make you more susceptible to ripping and tearing. So there's a laundry list of things that don't belong in lubes, if we're going to talk about lubes. 
right? Propylene glycol is a very common thing that's in a lot of lubricants. It's like antifreeze. It is right? definitely it's an antifreeze. It's what gives it the slip and slide. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's a known irritant. It's already it's already a known irritant out there. It doesn't need to be. Our vaginas, our mucous membranes, are super susceptible to. Um, it's, it's anything that you wouldn't digest, you wouldn't put in your vagina. It's it's like it's very much equivalent. And they absorb everything very quickly. (laughs) Um, You want healing things in your lube. If you're dealing with vaginal pain or discomfort, you want things like Allocadabra lube out there, which is designed to be a postmenopausal vaginal moisturizer. You want things because their first ingredient is aloe-based, and aloe is soothing and has healing properties. Mm-hmm. Oh, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about the clients that I see and people that I see just outside in the world and how even you talking about putting things in your vagina and I can hear other people's voices getting really tight and and nervous and uncomfortable. And again, why it's so important that the people just don't even think about it because they they kind of compartmentalize it anyway. They do. I mean, cancer levels are on the rise across the globe because we are dumping pollutants at an alarming rate into our oceans, into our rivers, into our atmosphere. Anything that we put on our body, we wash directly off and lands into our riverine ecosystems. A lot of things like pheromones, uh, pheromones is really popular in this industry, but pheromones are mutating the amphibians in our riverine ecosystems. Oh gosh. The, the salmon, our fi- the rest of our fishes, our frogs, our salamanders. It's it's not it's not a an awesome uh, gift to nature. Mm. Um, and just a lot of the chemicals that we put on us do wind. It's not just about taking care of our own bodies, which is a very complicated ecosystem that doctors are just scratching the surface of every year. They're learning something new. The humans have one of the most complex ecosystems on Earth that we have to keep in balance with lots of flora and fauna to keep us healthy, which is why looking at clean ingredients is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as long as we're on that topic, what are some of the other health benefits of of using organic products? There's so many uh, health benefits to using organic products. Let's just start at the land and the farmers. By buying an organic product, you are buying something that doesn't have pesticides or herbicides or is using genetically modified things. So you're starting with a human that you don't know who's growing the products that you are going to consume and their health mm-hmm. and how their family is doing all the way through the whole chain of custody to the end product that you're using. It's going to have cleaner ingredients in there for you. It means things like artificial flavors and artificial scents can't be in there. When you look at ingredients that just say fragrance or just say flavor or just say um, scent, that is a mystery ingredient. And sometimes that's over 260 chemicals, many of which are known endocrine disruptors which endocrine receptors can lead to things like cancer. Okay. Now, there are natural ingredients out there, too, that aren't great for us, depending on what's going on with our bodies and our health. If you're fighting breast cancer, you need to stay away from anything that's um, endocrine disrupting, right, which means wild yam, which is an awesome and powerful herb for many people, not if you're dealing with some of the certain types of cancers or health problems. Same Mm -hmm. with lavender. It has too much estrogen in it. So it's really about knowing it's we're complicated. So it's really about knowing what's going on with us and being able to share that information with somebody um, so you can pick the products that are best for you. In our store, we do. We take the time with folks to find out what's going on 
so we can say, oh, it sounds like our lavender lube might not be a right fit for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, that is very, very helpful. But the I... lavender lube might be helpful for someone, depending on what their doctor says, like going through menopause, who would want some of the extra increase of estrogen. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it all depends on the individual. Which means we need to create the time and space in our lives to be able to share what's going on with ourselves and our bodies and sexual health. Well, and even connect with our bodies. I yep. mean, we're not even, you have to start with understanding yourself and having a self-awareness to then be able to even ask the questions that you don't know about if you're not connected. It's very true. I, the interesting part to me is you were mentioning um, offline how certain lubes can protect from ripping and tearing which can lead to, like, if you have ripping and tearing, can lead to SDIs or other issues. You also said some people have been able to stop taking estrogen. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. A, a good lube is not going to cure your estrogen problems. But depending on what's going on with you and your vaginal cell walls, it could be as simple as not needing estrogen. It just could be switching the lubes that you're using with your dilator sets, if that's, what you, if that's the space that you're in in your life right now creating a lube that actually puts some moisture back into your mucosal membranes and helps heal is going to be a lot better than some lubes literally pulling moisture out of your cell walls, making it more susceptible to ripping and tearing, which, yes, can increase your risk of an STI because then you're doing more skin breakage. Mm -hmm. So you really want to look to lubes um, that match the pH of your vagina that are healthier, that are putting either moisture back in, not too much, but the right amount of healing. Can you plug some some lube brands for us to help our consumers maybe get a good starting point? Yeah. Aloe Cadabra is a great lube. Good Clean Love is a good lube. Blossom Organics is a good lube. Sliquid, many of the Sliquid lubes are amazing. And these are all, can you go back to maybe um, talking about the different logos that we can look for? So these are all certified by NSF? Some of them are certified by NSF, which is one step down from the USDA. Okay. Um, It's still a really strong certification. It's the best you're going to get for personal lubricants because you have to put um, you have to put something in that lube that's going to hold its shelf life. Okay. Right. So you you're not going to get a USDA water based lube out there. Um, so if we can't get USDA, look for NSF certification. Yeah. And then still look at the ingredients because, um, still check the ingredients. Okay. And I think earlier we had talked about, uh, Oregon Tilth is a local for us Oregonians out there. They are, but they're, (laughs) they actually certify internationally. They're one of the strongest certifiers out there, which is why I chose them as our certifier for the massage oils and body candies. Okay, cool. So, uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, the different things to look for ingredients, brands. Um, what are some other ways we can avoid scams when purchasing body or sex products? So what are red flags to look for? Like if we go into a store, how do we know, you know, if we can read the store, read the people, read the ingredients, what can we do to kind of see some red flags and know maybe we should go elsewhere? Or try some other products. Right. Well, always looking for that USDA logo. Um, also, just reading the reading the ingredients. Pull up the Skin Deep app. Keep it on your phone. Skin Deep. Okay. SkinDeep.com. You can enter those ingredients into your phone and make a decision whether or not you want to use those products. You can listen to podcasts like this where they're offering you good information. You can look at the Redhead Bedhead 
right which is they spend a lot of time focusing on body safe products same with dangerous lily those are two top These blogs they're yeah they're two of the top sex educational blogs they review toys and lube and massage oils okay. and they care a lot about what you're putting on and in your body they're okay. very passionate people who are running those blogs okay so with these blogs you're talking about, are, what are other ways as consumers that we can help support the eco-sexual movement? That's complicated because <laughs> <laughs> it's so diverse right now. Um, you know, it's there's so many ways to give back to the earth. One of my favorite quotes is from Beth Stevens, Annie, um, who does a lot of the work with Annie Sprinkle. They're married. And her concept of maybe we need to shift our relationship from seeing the earth as our mother to our lover because so many of us take our mothers for granted and expect unconditional love. Whereas with lovers, you know that you actually have to be reciprocal in the relationship. And if you you partake in a gross violation of your partner, you actually have to work to repair that relationship. And we're in a place where we have a lot of repairing to do. Wow. Yeah, that's a great quote. I like that. (laughs) Uh, so I think buying from small companies, buying local, looking, you know, really looking at ingredients and what is it that you really need and just remembering that everything you put on your body eventually winds up in our river and ecosystems or our oceans and it impacts somebody. Right. So if you're out there and you're like, I don't care about organics, I don't care about what I, you know, put in my body, I'm resistant to cancer, whatever, <laughs> whatever your blocks are Invincible. in life. You know, do remember that the that our impacts are greater than just us. They impact our children. They impact our rivers. They impact our fish, which in turn we buy from the grocery store and eat, and then the poison gets re-entered into our bodies. Yeah. So it's a it's a cycle. We're in a close feedback loop. We're not separated from the earth as much as we try as humans to separate ourselves from the earth. We put piles of concrete between us and the soil. We are still connected to it, and there's nothing we can do about that. So we have to learn how to fight for it. Yeah. That's good. That's why going organic is so important. <laughs> Go green, people. So can you tell us a little bit more specifically about your As You Like products, As You Like It products? Sure. We are As You Like It Organics, and I make massage oils, and we infuse our herbs. So we literally soak our vanilla beans and our herbs to make our chai over multiple weeks to get the smells that we have. We also offer a naked one. It has no scent because we know that some people are so, because of the world that we live in with all the chemicals out there and all the strong smells, some people are so sensitive to anything, no matter how gentle the scent is, they can't take it. So we have something that's unscented for them. And on the flip side of those people, we also have people who like to make their own concoctions. So we have a very high quality uh, oil that goes into your skin very nicely. It's sunflower seed oil. It's not super greasy. And so it's a nice space for people who like to experiment and make their own scents, you know, nice. put a few drops of lavender in, put a few drops of geranium and make mm-hmm. their own thing. Nice. And then with the body candies, we, we call those body butters because they literally go into your skin. They're not sticky. They, they absorb. If you get in your hair, it's just coconut oil and shea butter. It's going to go in. So I wanted to create a dessert that you can put wherever you want on your body and have your sweetie lick it off, kiss it off, start the night off with a flavored kiss, a gentle way to start a conversation about changing what's going on in your sex life. Mm -hmm. That wasn't sticky. So much of the stuff out there that's edible, you kind of want to take a shower after you've used it. And so I just wanted to create something that didn't break up a romantic moment. Yeah, that's good. 
So what are some of your upcoming projects you're working on? Are some new things going on in the shop, outside the shop, touring? We have a lot of things going on. We have uh, an ecosexual conference happening at UC Santa Cruz, May 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'm going down there to speak about defending what you love. Uh, we have a new project that we started in our store, really focusing on trying to create that space on how do you make it a socially acceptable norm to talk about our struggles within our sex life and our relationships. So we took the concept of community-supported acupuncture, because not everyone can support can afford a private acupuncture session. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, therapy and counseling and coaching. And so we decided to start community-supported uh, counseling in the store. And it's relationship coaching. It's about relating. Whether you're monogamous or you're poly or you're single, it's a place now once a month where you can go in and for much cheaper have a facilitated conversation with somebody that has the skills and the knowledge to help hold that space. Plus, you get the support of all the other people in the room. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so those are a couple of the things that we're doing. We have a workshop coming up called Becoming a Better Lover. Becoming oh. a Better Lover? Like, what does that focus on? Is that a person talking or is that another discussion group? It's like a, it's a discussion group plus someone talking. Sometimes it takes someone just talking for a little bit to get people comfortable enough to start sharing their own knowledge base. Okay. Right? So we're going to talk about sex toys. We're going to talk about listening and touch and smell. and So kind of like foreplay for your sex toy experience? <laughs> Intellectual foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Creating a safer space for people to get tips and yeah. tricks. Oh, I love nice. that about your shop. It's more of a community space than it is a shop. I'm just walking in, that's definitely very felt. Thank you. Uh, so speaking of which, Kim, thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. meet with yeah. us in the shop this morning before you open. And uh, yeah, we look forward to more chats. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. And our closing poem today is by a person who goes by Live Love Run on allpoetry.com. And the poem, appropriately, is entitled Let's Go Green. What would you do if someone came to your house? taking everything there, every plate, every couch. Where would you go? What would you say? Where would you sleep at the end of the day? The forests are big, but they're getting smaller. The buildings are big, and they're getting taller. We're kicking animals out of their habitat. What gave us the right to ever do that? Sometimes we forget how lucky we are with our fancy homes and luxurious cars. We get greedy and want more, more and more, We keep buying and selling, store to store. Is it worth cutting down every tree in sight? Is all that we're doing considered right? These are their homes, their places to stay. Why in the world should we take that away? So next time you think you don't have enough, take a good look at all of your stuff. Take a good look at what you can do to keep the grass green and keep the sky blue. Thank you, Keely. So to our listeners, remember to subscribe to our podcast, Hearts and Other Sex Parts, on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Hearts and Other Sex Parts. Feel free to write us feedback or questions by DMing or direct direct messaging our Instagram or Facebook pages. Or shoot us an email at heartsandothersexparts at gmail.com. Also, if you want to support our podcast and educational resources, go to GoFundMe.com and find our Hearts and Other Sex Parts donation page, which is also linked in our Facebook bio. We ask our listeners to donate $1 a month if you can. 
Thanks for listening. Your hosts encourage you to stay open and remember, self-love is the best love.